0: Welcome back to another edition of what I like to call from nonsense to God sense as we take a look at the things in this world through a biblical perspective because oftentimes when we look through the worldly lens we sometimes get confused or don't know what's going on maybe don't have any answers and and that clouds the things that go on in our mind. And affects our attitudes, behaviors, and so forth. And I'm joined with Dan Delzell. He's an author at the Christian Post and a pastor at a church in Papillion, Nebraska. And Dan, we've been uh, lately we've been kind of going through some pretty good theological things, some some biblical things. But I noticed there was an article, and I thought we could have some kind of some fun with it. But then, as I started to do some research and delve into it, I realized that the kind of the fun topic that we're going to bring in is actually really could be something very serious and something diabolical, really, um, because the Bible does talk about, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and things of the, uh, the. you know, not of things of the world, but things of the kind of supernatural, and we've talked about that before. but uh, But in reading an article, we've all been under this pandemic lockdown, and an article in the Wall Street Journal talks about how UFO spotting has replaced bird watching as a pandemic obsession. It says sightings and risings of sightings and UFO encounters are shaping up to be a banner year in twenty twenty a close encounters of another kind and so, as we talk about this, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to just kind of see you know what is it that the the UFO is is that obviously an unidentified flying object could be pretty much anything that's just not identified, but then more importantly, you know, we have people that talk about how they've had encounters with aliens, and and things from out there, and intelligent life, and there's all kinds of movies that people have seen, you know, we think back to to E.T., and we think back to, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and the movie The X-Files, a theme song I just played, and then more importantly, as we get underway, there was this war of the world's Radio drama, Mercury Theater had a uh, a drama with Orson Welles and it came out with uh, an alien invasion. And this was before TV even happened. And this is what part of the description of the radio broadcast describing these aliens that come to Earth.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most terrifying thing I, I've ever witnessed. Wait a minute someone calling someone uh, or something. I can see turning out of that black hole two l- luminous disks of the eyes. It might be a face. might be almost Whoa. a uh, heavens. Something hey, wriggling hey, out of the shadow like a gray snake. Now it's another one and another one and another one. They look like tentacles to me. Oh, yeah, I can see the thing's body. Now it's large. as large as a bear. It glistens like wet leather, but that face it, it's Ladies and gentlemen, it's indescribable, I can hardly force myself to keep looking at it. It's so awful. The eyes are black, and they gleam like a serpent in the mouth. is—that's kind of V-shaped with saliva dripping from its rimless lips. It seems to oh, quiver and pulsate, and the monster or whatever it is can hardly move. It seems weighed down by uh, possibly gravity or something. The thing's rising up now, and the crowd falls back. It seems plenty. The most extraordinary experience, ladies and gentlemen, I can't find words. And, well, I'll pull this microphone with me as I talk. I'll have to stop the description until I can... Take a
0: new position. Hold on, will you, please? I'll be right back in a minute. So, Dan, you have this 1930s broadcast describing an alien invasion, and he goes into a little detail there about what he sees, an alien kind of like snake-like thing slithering out with saliva dropping and goes into some detail. And this is, of course, before TV, so the imagination gets running as to what each individual person probably thought this alien was going to be like. And it actually turned out to be um, you know, a radio theater that – kind of went wrong because people that tuned into the broadcast midway thought this was an actual news event that was happening, and that kind of launched this UFO alien invasion kind of phenomena. That then ended up in 1947 with Roswell, New Mexico, with an alien crash landing in some farm outside of Roswell, which turned out to be, I guess, a spy project by the U.S. government. They had these hot air balloons or these big balloons that were attached to microphones that they were going to ship over to Russia so they could spy on Russia, the sound waves. And so to keep that secret, this kind of alien story kind of was concocted. And so they never really debunked it. And that kind of ran with it. So the early pop culture of America is based on, you know, aliens invading us, and it's kind of come to today, and when I see this article in the Wall Street Journal talking about how UFO spotting has replaced bird watching, I started to think, hey, this would be kind of fun. What are aliens? I mean, is there life outside of uh, of us? You know, did God create other intelligent beings elsewhere? Why is the universe so expands? And so I thought it just something fun to talk about, but then, like I mentioned, as we got into research, I started to realize that there could be something really deeper here and something more spiritual going on than meets the eye
2: you know son i i definitely think that um what what people are describing as these ufo sightings um in ma- many cases do have a legitimate uh, basis uh they they have uh something that they're really seeing it's not just Something they're imagining, um, and and I think as we get into it today, and we start to kind of dig down a little bit on you know what could be causing these people to um, to, to see these things, and, and then explain these uh, what they call you know uh, unidentif- unident- unidentifiable you know objects that whether it be a pilot, whether it be um, you know someone else in the military, or whether it just be you know some professional person in their own um, you know in their own community uh, who sees these. Uh, I think as we get into it today, um, we're going to, I think, reach an interesting um, hypothesis uh, on on what what is the the cause of this? Why are we seeing uh, seemingly more of them now? Uh, and does it not only point to you know the, the the reality that that man longs for something beyond just what we see? But, but also that there are times when many times, in fact, when human beings encounter something, what we might call coming from the other side or, or, you know, from that spiritual realm, um, that is somehow manifesting itself, uh, in a way that, that you know, we as human beings are able to to see things that we wouldn't ordinarily see. So I think it's going to be a very interesting discussion today, Sean.
0: Yeah, there was a January poll done by uh, Ipsos, a research firm, and they found that 57% of Americans think there is intelligent life on other planets, while only 45% or well, I guess not only, but I guess 45% believe that UFOs exist and have visited the Earth. So you got a large number of people that actually believe that there is something else going on here besides just a TV show like in X-Files or a movie like E.T. or um, I guess most recently Men in Black where aliens are coming. Um, and so there's people that do believe some things are out there. And, in fact, there is a, a, a chair of Harvard University's astronomy department, Abby Loeb, um, that proposed that aliens were closer to Earth than we think. And there was, I guess, a comment at one point back in uh, 2017 that whizzed by the sun. And they were propo- uh, they were putting out there that this was a probe sent by aliens, civilizations, to Earth to kind of check out Earth. So even people like at Harvard University are sitting there and believing that there's alien life out there and they're coming to to check us out.
2: Well, yes, and you know one of the huge advantages obviously a person has if they start to delve into these things um, with the, the the guidance and the instruction of of scripture is that you 're able to seek to discern some things with the aid of god 's revelation in his word that describes many instances of Beings who are invisible to the natural eye, but who are nevertheless either making themselves visible, or who are you know even if not visible are um, conducting uh, some 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 things upon man that either bring great uh, pain and harm, or or that bring comfort. I'm, I'm referring, of course, to um, you know the invisible beings that the Bible refers to as angels. So. You know, you, you've got angels that are working for, for God. You've got demons who are fallen angels, uh, who we, we find in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, uh, having a very, uh, painful effect upon people who become, you know, demon possessed or at least demon oppressed. Uh, but many are actually possessed. And, and, and so, um, when you start to look at this, uh, not only from a natural common sense perspective, and you say, well, we're going to try to figure this thing out scientifically. Um, okay, you know, uh, good luck with that. Um, I, I think there are some scientific experiments that can be, can be done to try to see what connections there might be between people who are having these experiences and other things maybe going on in their lives. So, so I think science definitely um, can, can have something to say to us. About correlations between people having these sightings and other things in their life, but to really start to um, pull back the curtain a little bit and, and and to try to discern as best we can what might be the source of of these um, you know UFOs, uh, these alien sightings, these encounters that people are having. What might be the source of that? Since you know the Bible doesn't you know, deal with or uh, doesn't seem to have situations quite like what we think of when we think of UFOs. There are plenty of, of experiences with angels, good angels, and also demons, but it, it, it's different than, than what we often hear and and see with this UFO. But I think as we get into it today, we'll, we'll see that there there seems like there could very easily be a strong connection between the two. And and I think some very wise people have, have uh, you know, tried to, you know, dig into that a bit, and I think we'll 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 be able to to learn some things on this today as we as we kind of learn from them and and learn from God's Word.
0: Yeah, I've got a clip I want to play here in a minute with um, from Hugh Ross, and he's a guy that uh, in the Christian community is well known for his science knowledge and that of space, and he's actually a brilliant mind. But one of the questions that came up the most in kind of searching some information for our topic today was, you know, does the Bible say anything about life on other planets? You know, again, as we sit in this worldly view, we can look at things like Roswell. We can look at things like the uh, fighter pilots in the Navy that have seen strange things and have appeared on video. Uh, We talk about people. I mean, you you one time shared a story about uh, your wife Tammy and a Ouija board experience. Um, And so there's credible people that have experienced things, and so we know there's a supernatural realm out there, but when it comes to aliens through the biblical perspective, the question is always say, does the Bible say anything about life uh, on other planets, extra life out there? Um, and the answer is no, right? The Bible doesn't really talk about anything about life on other planets?
2: That You're, you're, you're right about that, Son. I mean, yeah, the, the, the scripture does not, um, you know, tell us that there's life on other planets. You know, uh, the Bible says that, you God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And, and that's the world that, that we're living in. You know, that's those of us here on planet Earth. Uh, now, is it possible that God has created life elsewhere? You just not told us about it? Well, of course. I mean, it was possible. Uh, but it, it would seem a bit odd that in God's love letter to his children, where he tells us about something as precious as his only son, being sacrificed for our sins, that if there's if, if there's something as relatively minor as life on other planets, when you compare it to the death of Jesus, that would be a minor point, um, God doesn't address it. So um, if, if there is life on other planets, uh, well, then it must not be important enough uh, for God to tell us about it. And my my guess is that there isn't, or that God would have told us um and, and it really it's like one of those hypotheticals that um it's really not something that anybody's gonna know until you know the Lord you know, until you, you, you meet with the Lord and the Lord can tell you. But I, I certainly there, there's certainly nothing in, in scripture that would indicate that and um you know, it's kinda hard to fathom uh that, that that God did that and then just, you know, chose not to tell us about it in his love letter. After all there are you know are sixty six books in, in the Bible. And, and it's a history of, of God moving among his people and calling people to himself and reaching out and saving uh, lost sinners like us. Uh, you know, uh, the gospel that was given first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, you know, for the whole world uh, uh, is are, are made up of people that God wants to save. And, and so this idea that maybe there's life on another planet, it, it just kind of seems like a, a bit of a goose chase. Uh, that, that really has very little, if anything, to do with God's main purpose, uh, you know, and God's, you know, desire to spread the gospel around the world to reach those who are lost. And, um, the Bible says nothing about, you know, having any sort of interest in, in life on other planets.
0: So people here on earth think there might be life on other planets and UFOs, they believe in UFOs, they see things, and so they kind of get this drive in them to to seek the truth because the truth is out there. But the Bible doesn't talk about aliens and life on other planets, and so we've got this thing that's out there. What could it possibly be? What are these things that people are seeing? If we believe the Bible and the Bible doesn't respond or doesn't say anything about life in other planets or intelligent life out there... So what could this possibly be? And so I found a clip that I want to play and get your comments on. It's from Hugh Ross. I mentioned him a little bit earlier. And I think it's uh, one of the things that I think sheds light on what possibly things could be that people are seeing and experiencing. And so here's the clip from Hugh Ross.
2: The closer the encounter that people have with UFOs. Yes. It's 100% deleterious. Nobody has a positive experience, and which is why I believe it's the fallen angels that are responsible for this phenomena. And I think what I write about in the book mm-hmm. is that you see a correlation between the degree of occult activity in yes. an individual's life and their UFO experiences. And I end the book by saying this is scientifically testable close the doors to occult activity that will be
0: the end of these ufo experiences what's your thoughts on that
2: well you know it's very interesting son because as i was listening to hugh ross there um you know I, i think about you know smart smart individuals who maybe want to reach way out beyond you know what we currently experience someone like an elon musk who Uh, has uh, spent much time and money to try to um, create a way to get to Mars. And and it seems his dream is to even one day just almost have there be like shuttles going to Mars. And, and, you know, they have a few problems they haven't quite worked out yet. Like, you know, um, after the year-long trip there in cramped quarters, how how are you going to land on Mars? Uh, You know, what are you going to do once you get there? I mean, so they have these far out dreams um, trying to reach beyond what we currently see in hopes of somehow, you know, reaching beyond the stars, as it were, um, just from a human perspective, and with human goals and human understanding. Dr. Hugh Ross, as you mentioned, is a Christian, uh, and he's a very smart astronomer, uh, along with being a Christian, and I I think he has some very interesting insights there about what UFOs uh, might be all about. You know, um, he actually wrote a book years ago entitled Lights in the Sky and Little Green Men. And uh, and Dr. Ross, who's the director of Reasons to Believe, um, he really explored in that book some scientific evidence, um, not only for, you know, the Christian faith, which he's written about a lot, but, but also in that book specifically about, you know, scientific evidence related to his own research into, you know, UFO activity. And what was interesting found, and this goes right along with his quote there, uh, here, you know, that's going on almost 20 years ago. You know, he found that 99% of what people have reported to him is UFOs. You know, Dr. Ross said were easily identifiable as, um, you know, a star or a cluster or some other object in the night sky. And when I say easily identifiable by an experienced astronomer, that is. So, so Dr. Ross was able to basically discount 99% of what people have reported to him as UFOs as being, you know, something like a star. Uh, but he said it's that remaining 1% of sightings uh, what he calls uh, residual UFOs that really attracted his interest. And, and most of them, you know, he, he said, um, have been seen on lonely country roads around three in the morning. Uh, and, and, uh, which is also a time when astronomers, you know, like to kind of hang out on, isolated rural roads. And and yet Dr. Ross said, you know, very few astronomers have seen residual UFOs. Now in 1969, Dr. Ross met two astronomers who were having regular UFO encounters and both of them, Son, happened to be involved in occult activity. And so this led him to investigate further and he ended up finding consistently that there was a connection between occult involvement and then these residual UFO encounters, you know, this 1% that, um, you know, he as he an experienced astronomer did not associate to a star or a cluster or this sort of thing. And then beyond that, song, he even said that countries with a high degree of occult activity, uh, like Russia, for example, during the Soviet era, uh, like France, uh, certain parts of Brazil, and so on. He said these uh, have also had high percentages of UFO encounters. Uh, he said that during uh, Russia's Soviet period, when, when every expression of religion except occult activity had been outlawed, he said Russians were seeing UFOs at five to eight times the rate Americans were. Now, I, I say all that, Son, just to say that personally, um, I I lean toward Dr. Ross's theory here. Um, I lean toward his theory based on his uh, scientific investigation that there, there does seem to be a connection between um, occult activity and UFO sighting. Um, when we think about America today and we've been told in the last year or two that there are now more witches uh, in America than Presbyterian. Um, it's not a surprise to anybody who's been, you know, keeping their eyes open at all that the rise of the occult in America continues to go Higher and higher, more and more people are dabbling uh, in, in occultic uh, activities. And and does this then uh, help to explain why there are more UFO sightings? Um, or is there a connection between demonic activity uh, in that invisible realm to the natural eye? But is there, is there a connection between that and then more of these sightings? And I would say if that is a connection there, son then it shouldn't surprise us if people at times see uh, beings or see um, maybe some sort of craft, a spacecraft or something in the sky, Uh, in in the same way that that people in the Bible uh, saw angels at times. Um, Because angels are real beings. They seem to have the ability to impersonate human beings. Um, The Bible tells us that some people, without knowing it, have entertained angels, you know? So, so if an angel can impersonate a human being, uh could an angel impersonate an alien? could an angel impersonate even you know you know turn itself into some look of, some form of like spacecraft you know i you know this sounds to many people like science fiction, but read the bible you know the the, the Bible contains supernatural events that go beyond our human understanding, and I think dr. Hugh Ross here. Um, based on his scientific investigation, along with his understanding of scripture, fund, I think see, he makes a good case for a theory that certainly makes sense to me. And at least in my way of thinking, I don't even know a close second, at least for me personally, in terms of uh, another theory that I would hold to as far as the source of these uh, UFO sightings.
0: You know, Dan, as you were talking, I was thinking about kind of a few things that went through my mind. And if, if you've ever lived or have driven or spent any significant time outside of a big city, because if you live in a big city, obviously at night the lights of the big city kind of hamper your vision of the night sky. And so if you ever get out of the city and you're driving in the country or someplace and the stars are bright and you can see, you know, all this heavenly bodies that are going on, um, you're going to yeah. find some stuff. You're going to see some stuff that you're not going to be able to – Understand. I remember one time I was driving uh, late at night through Utah and I saw something off in the distance and the horizon. It was like a, a light that appeared to uh, have movement that wasn't necessarily um, normal, if I could say. Not jump to the aliens and all that stuff because, you know, I don't know what it is and I don't believe in that. So I don't, uh, sus- uh, uh, you know, think that it was anything out of out of this world but it was kind of interesting just to kind of see and put in perspective that you know there are things out there that we see and we don't understand but like you mentioned to the trained astronomer it's something yeah. that can be defined but to the yeah. common person driving you might come jump to a conclusion that oh it's an alien or it's something out of this world when to the trained astronomer right. And and you see that a lot. You see that in the sky, and there's a lot of things that I think people don't really see because they maybe they live in the big city, maybe they haven't gone out and looked in the sky, maybe they haven't really paid attention yeah. to it. So when they do see something, they think yeah. it's something out of this world, when in re- reality it's just a part of God's creation.
2: Yes. Yeah, you know, that I think many, many times, I mean, Hugh Ross believes that, you know, 99% of the UFO sightings can be explained that way by a star or a cluster of stars, something like that, John. You know, and, and yet it's Scripture we are, we are uh, brought into this other realm. Uh, for example, you know, in, in the book of Ephesians, uh, it tells Christians that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So this is an invisible force on that we don't see, but that is working against Christians, um, and, and, and their goal, as the Bible tells us, Is not to, to just get people to believe in something, you know, really wild, like say like UFOs, but their goal is to keep people from believing in Jesus as their savior, because the moment a person comes to Christ through faith and is born again, justified, redeemed, saved, and forgiven on the front end of their relationship with God. Now that person is in God's family. And, and so the evil angels, uh, they don't want people to come to Christ. They work against that. And and so, you know, they're they're always working and scheming and plotting against uh Christians and, and against the gospel because they've been defeated by what Jesus did on the cross. Uh they were they've been defeated by his blood. It's interesting when we talk about the blood of Christ on, you know. Martin Luther uh, was of the opinion that nightmares come from demons, and and I really agree with him on that. Son, I mean, a nightmare uh, is is not like you know some of the just crazy dreams that we've all had that you know don't seem to really make any sense. But there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, a nightmare um, it it, it involves this real fear, uh, many times real images. Sometimes people even have nightmares where it's like they just feel like they're just really right there in it. And and, and if a person wakes up then um, many times they can recall that and still kind of live in that, in that fear. Um, You know, it's interesting that Hugh Ross said that that all of these UFO encounters, um, all of them bring something negative to uh, the individual, you know, some sort of fear or uh, pain. I mean, people have even, you know, talked about being, you know, kidnapped by aliens and having, you know, experiments on them and this and that. Well, you know, I mean, son, only the Lord knows, uh, and whatever angels have been involved, you know, what really happened there. But, but it certainly is not outside of the realm of possibilities. that When a person opens up their life to occultic activities, it's like what they're doing, son, is they're opening up doors to these heavenly realms above them. And by heavenly realms, they don't necessarily mean, you know, way up in the stars, but I'm just talking about in this realm around us that is um, where the angels dwell, where the angels exist. Um, and and so if you dabble with something occultic, you're opening up your life to demonic influence, demonic oppression, and ultimately even demonic possession. Um, so, you know, nightmares are a way that demons seek to oppress a person. Now, for us as Christians, we cannot be possessed by the devil, thankfully. Praise the Lord. He's not able to get inside of us, but he still tries to oppress us from the outside. You know, the Bible talks about people, though, who, who are uh, or were demon-possessed. Um, so, so the demons are real, uh, but as, as a Christian, you don't have to be afraid of the demons. Uh, if you're not a Christian, um, boy, you're you're almost at their mercy in a way. Um, if you're not a Christian, you um, would be wise today to bring your sin under the blood of Jesus. and then also apply Jesus' blood to your dreams. You know, uh, I, I've talked to people over the years, I remember one man in particular, he'd had nightmares for years and years and years, and, and I told this man son, I said, hey, try uh, praying before you go to bed at, at, at night, and try praying every night asking the Lord to cover your sleep and your dreams with the blood of Jesus. Uh, and, and, and and he started doing that, and guess what? Um, the nightmares stopped. Uh, I, I remember saw, uh, a missionary friend uh, from India that we've known for years, Pastor Vijay, and, and he has told us before how there have been situations in India where they've been praying for people who were possessed by demons, and sometimes as demons were leaving individuals, you know, they would have demons saying, the blood of Jesus is burning us, is burning us. Now, that's in a realm, sound that you and I don't see, uh, how, how the blood of Jesus could possibly be burning a demon, but um, we know this. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Um, We have victory in Jesus' blood because the Bible says in him we have redemption through his name, the forgiveness of sins, um, uh, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. And and, uh, specifically there in in Ephesians, um, it it refers to the blood. You know, in him we have redemption through his blood. So the blood of Jesus is very powerful in this realm, Son. And, and I would just say to anybody, maybe if, if they've had a UFO encounter, um, bring their sin to the blood of Jesus. Ask the Lord to close any doors that maybe have been opened around you. I'm talking on the spiritual realm that have allowed these visitations, uh, be, be, because it is not God's will that any believer suffer from a nightmare. Um, it is not God's will that we be oppressed in our spirit when we're sleeping by, by demons uh, in our soul, I, I should say. You know, our spirit is our inner person, um, but our soul would be our, our, our mind, our emotions, um, that, that dream realm. Uh, and and so uh, in Psalm four, it says, I will lie down and sleep in peace, be alone, or maybe dwell in safety. And and, and really, son, the last thing I'll say is, I almost think that um, just the whole UFO uh, issue, it can almost become like the topic of the devil himself. Or, or any other, let's say, occultic topic, uh, be it, you know, magic, you know, black magic, whatever it might be, um, a person has to be careful that they don't start to become obsessed with something in this realm, because while it might seem fascinating, um, there are people who have been, um, who just given themselves over then to it, and, and as you get caught up in it, um, you start to open up your mind and your heart to... Um, to being influenced then by the the demons that, um, you know, would would be working in this area. So, um, you know, I I don't think it's harmful for a Christian, let's say, to explore the source of UFOs, but I would just say this. I mean, just like Dr. G. Roth has kind of at it, you know, scientifically, but also with with, with a biblical perspective. But I would just say that, um, you know, the Bible says fix your thoughts on Jesus. And so uh, our main focus is on him um, and, and, you know, while the, the story of demons are in the Bible, um, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, you know, there are two dangers when it comes to the devil. You, you can either think so much about him that you just become obsessed with him or not think about him at all and not be aware of the real power that the devil and these fallen angels have that I just read about there in Ephesians, you know, struck me against the rulers and authorities and powers. So, so, um, we want to be balanced in our perspective and at the end of the day, Um, I don't think any one of us on, at least this side of heaven, are going to be able to say conclusively uh, exactly what's going on with with these UFO encounters, but I think Dr. Hugh Ross has got a very good theory on it, backed up by, you know, um, some good scientific research, uh, backed up by an understanding of the spiritual realm in scripture, and for something as really as insignificant as the idea of UFOs in, 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 you know... In the grand scheme of eternity and, and making disciples and everything, and for something as insignificant as this issue, I, I think that his theory uh, makes a lot of sense.
0: Dan Dozell with us, and we're talking about uh, UFOs, aliens as sightings, according to the Wall Street Journal. Spotting UFO has replaced, or looking for UFOs has replaced bird watching during the pandemic, as I guess the uh, number one pastime. Although I really find it. Not too difficult. No offense to the Audubon Society and ornithologists around the world, but I don't think it's too hard to surpass bird watching as something that is uh, popular right. to do. Uh, I, just, I just don't see right,
2: it. Right, right. Um, yeah, they didn't raise the bar too high on that one, did they? No, they, they
0: didn't. Um, but Dan, one of the things, a couple things. First off, I think to me, the more that these alien stuff comes out, the more it just becomes a distraction. Because if you do believe the Bible, God created all things in Genesis. He obviously created the aliens that are out there or whatever. So He had to create everything. So there's nothing out there that is beyond his creation. So if there is something out there... It was God that created it, so first off. But I think the alien is just a, a distraction. Like you said, it takes away from your focus of God, and he puts it on something else, and that something else then becomes an obsession for people. And like you said, they dwell on that as opposed to dwelling on God. The other thing that you mentioned was uh, the, the supernatural things that go on in the Bible. And I think one of the the greatest supernatural events that kind of, I think, to me, aligns with this alien kind of thing is the writing on the wall in Daniel. You know, you have all kinds of miracles. You know, you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego surviving the fire. Obviously, you have Jesus raising from the dead. You've got, you know, uh, the parting of the Red Sea. So you have all these miracles. But there's nothing more supernatural uh, that I can think of that is a writing on the wall when King Belshazzar has this great banquet and they're sitting yeah. there and they're partying, having a good time. They're drinking wine. And then all of right. a sudden they see this finger and this hand start riding right. on a wall. I mean, yeah. and then it even says that, you know, it's, it's, it sent fear and they turned pale and they yeah. were frightened that their legs became weak and their knees were knocking. I mean, here's probably the greatest person, the greatest yeah. people in all the world at that time, as far as a kingdom goes. Yeah. And they are quivering at the fact that there was this supernatural hand riding on the wall. Right. And then all the, yeah. um, you know astrologers and wise people whatever you know they try to uh, interpret what the writing is and you know i don't know if it's uh, greek or hebrew but my you know it's meeni meni tekel you um which basically meant that your your days are numbered your reign's going to come to an end you've been weighed on the scales yeah. and found wanting i think that's like the biggest thing you know hey you've been measured right. up and you do not measure up and then your kingdom will be divided. So basically it was bad news for King Belshazzar, but Daniel had to be the one to interpret it. But the thing is, if you're sitting there, I mean, I'd have to question what am I drinking if I'm seeing this thing riding on the wall. I mean, talk about supernatural. So yes, there are things that God has done that has been a supernatural way of getting something done that he needed to, such as the riding on the wall. So yes, we can't dismiss that because it is, in the Bible. But also, I think it's also just a distraction that, you know, people, Satan uses things to distract people, whether it's UFOs, whether it's, you know, something else, it's going to be a distraction. Um, you know, I always thought that yeah. pe- people have always asked, why isn't there the Ten Commandments around? Or why isn't the Ark, uh, Noah's Ark around? Or why is it the cross or even the Shroud of Turin? And I think it's just a distraction because people would go to those things. And, right, and replace right. God with those things. You sent me an article or a, a video one time about this Bible that was leaking oil. Yeah. And as sure. I was reading the article and researching on it, it, it got to the point where people were putting their faith in the Bible yeah. and the oil over God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the distraction that this UFO thing starts to become is that it takes your focus off of God and puts it on this thing that's out there. And that thing is to whatever, yeah. uh, to, to whomever is whatever they want it to be. And then they start getting wrapped up in it.
2: Well, and I tell you, son, another huge one in this in this uh, regard uh, involves apparitions of Mary, where people claim to have seen the Virgin Mary, and then they go to that location, and you know they they attempt to worship Mary there, and they get all you know excited because either they, there's this sighting, or maybe there's this manifestation, maybe there's a statue that's you know uh, some tears are flowing from, or they're seeing this image. Okay, well, um, what we have to remember really on this song is that, you know, Satan comes as an angel of light, and and, and Satan's goal is to try to turn people um, toward anything that will keep them from the truth of the gospel, and so an apparition of Mary uh, is nothing but um, a, a demonic uh, counterfeit. The real Mary, mother of our Lord, is not you know, floating around the world, visiting people. Um, but she's with all believers who, who have um, left this world, and, and they're resting in Jesus. Uh, I believe they're conscious right now with the Lord um, in, in, in paradise, just like Jesus said the thief on the cross would be. Um, they've not yet received their glorified body that will receive after Christ's return, but they're nevertheless at peace. And there's no indication whatsoever that anyone who is deceased is, is flying around, visiting people, whether that be, you know, let's say, you know, murder sometimes, you know. Well, this is where Jesse James killed, you know, six people or whatever. And so now the, um, the spirits of these people are like haunting uh, folks who go visit that hotel or, you know, this or that. Um, you know, whether it be something like that, son, whether it be a UFO sighting, whether it be someone seeing a real or, or you know, it looks like a real alien, um, like what you might see on Independence Day. With, with the move, you know, with the actor Will Smith, okay, um, whatever, uh, whenever something like that is, is actually going on, um, it would certainly seem to me that these are um, things that evil angels are creating, that they're producing, and just like an in Independence Day, where as the, the spa- uh, their little spaceship would, that's so a little, their big spaceship would kind of get down near, near Earth, um, then it would it would shine its light and you saw some people just gazing up into the light, just mesmerized by it. Um, almost like, um, uh, I I think of like the movie, um, 2012, where, where, where you had, um, I forget the actor's name, but he was there in Yellowstone and he was just mesmerized by, um, you know, the events that were going on in the sky and so forth. But then like an independence day, that light, it, it shoots down all this power and destroys, you know, these buildings and all these people. Well, that's a picture of what happens, son, when people get mesmerized by, you know, an apparition of Mary or uh, even, let's say, by aliens. Um, these are not things to worship. These are not things to pursue. Um, just because they're supernatural doesn't mean they're harmless uh, or safe to, uh, to chase after. So um, I, I just think that the devil, who comes as an angel of light, is looking for any way he can to draw people into uh, something uh, that would be occultic. Um, you know, hence the rise in witchcraft. I mean, why would people be drawn to that? Because there's real power there. Uh, We've talked about that before in our business. I mean, you know, that there's real power in witchcraft. The problem is. Um, you, you become a slave to that dark power. You, you become, you, you get in bondage to it, and and the evil uh, forces that are um, that, that are making, you know, bringing it about, um, they're after your soul. They 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 want your being. They want to um, be able to control your life, and ultimately, they would love to live inside of you. Uh, but guess what? For the believer, we already have a spirit living within us. Uh, he is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. No wonder Satan hates Christians so much. Our bodies have been uh, invaded, if you want to use that term, but, but when we received Christ as Savior, the Lord came in. Um, you know, the Bible says test yourselves to see whether you, in, you are in the faith. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? And, of course, the question song that I like to ask people Uh, to check their spiritual blood pressure, to see if they have a pulse, a spiritual pulse, is is simply, uh, if God were to say to you today, why should I let you into heaven, what would you tell him? And the vast majority of Americans um, point to their works, their religious deeds, their morality as the basis for their hope for heaven, and whenever I hear that answer song based on scripture, um, I can say, well, there's not only uh, low blood pressure, there's actually no blood pressure there. Uh, There's no pulse. Um, because the person who is made alive in their spirit, um, has been made alive, not by relying on the law, but relying on the gospel. So if I'm asked Dan, you know, why should I let you into heaven? My answer is not going to be, well, I've done this or this Lord, but it's going to be, I don't deserve to get in Lord. I'm a sinner like everyone, but my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness. I, I, I'm trusting in the cross. I'm trusting in the Savior's blood to forgive my sin, and and that's the only basis on by which um, I or anyone can have access into um, into God's eternal kingdom. But but praise the Lord, we are guaranteed this. We've been given this inheritance, and no wonder the demons uh, hate hate this message. They they want to distract in any way they can. Uh, from from people coming to know Christ as Savior, because the minute you are spiritually reborn, um, now you're no longer under that dominant influence of the devil. He's still going to try to oppress you. Yeah, yeah, if he can, he's still going to try to mess with you, but you're no longer under his control. You're no longer ensnared by the kingdom of darkness. And and so wherever UFOs fit in, in that grand scheme of things, uh, it, it's really pretty minor compared to all of the spiritual lies that are out there uh, re- related to works righteousness. I mean, nobody's going to really go to hell, on by whether they believe in UFOs or not. Um, but, but the sin of unbelief, uh, the, the, the sin of rejecting Jesus, the sin of trying to earn your way to heaven, works righteousness, that's the sin that keeps people out of heaven. That's the sin that keeps people from being reborn. So Jesus said, repent and believe the good news. He didn't say, well, believe in UFOs or don't believe in UFOs. That's just mainly a distraction from the enemy, Uh, And I think, like Dr. Hugh Ross says, probably more often than not, when people are dabbling with the occult, maybe somebody in their family is dabbling with the occult. Um, You know, his evidence pointed to whole countries. They had more UFO sightings when the the country's, you know, dabbling with the occult. I I would expect that maybe a place like New Orleans would have, you know, quite a few, you know, maybe uh, UFO sightings. But but again, Son, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting realm. Uh, and there's a lot of spiritual activity, that's always going on, you know, in, in every country
0: of the world. Yeah, you mentioned Jesus appearing in different things. I read an article in the Telegraph, the UK Telegraph, and it had places where Jesus apparently appeared. And it was kind of funny and comical because people would get all excited, you know, when Jesus appears. I remember one time when Mother Teresa appeared in a Cinnabon. You know, the Cinnabon became this holy relic all yeah. of a sudden. But then you have Jesus. Yeah. Some of the images was like, you know, Jesus appearing on a cheese pizza. And the article Ooh. actually had these pictures, you know, so you can look at it and like, oh, yeah, I guess I could see something. And it was like then mm-hmm. Jesus appeared in a Kit Kat bar after somebody took a bite yeah. you know, on, on a pancake, you know, on, on a pet chicken. You know, the hillside yeah. after the landside. And you start to think about it, and you look at these things, and it's like, is that where we're really going to believe that Jesus is going to appear yeah. in a Kit Kat bar right. or on a pancake or on a pet chicken, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so yeah. it just kind of gets really convoluted. You know,
2: some those are examples of fanaticism. And, and Oswald Chambers has a great quote um, that talks about the relationship between faith and common sense. Um, and before I share the quote, I would just like to say that Dr. Hugh Ross Uh, is a beautiful example of a man who lives by faith, but he also does tons of scientific research which provides common sense because that's what science can do for us. Science cannot um, create faith within our soul. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Um, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the Word of Christ. So no amount of scientific research or knowledge can create faith, but but the Holy Spirit can bring a person to faith. Having said that, Hugh Ross has both faith and common sense. And, and Oswald Chambers says this: um, He says faith in antagonism uh, to common sense is fanaticism, and I'll explain that in a second. And then he says common sense in antagonism to faith is rationalism. So faith in antagonism to common sense. In other words, I'm only going to walk by faith. Um, yes, my my six month old child. Uh, has a severe illness and there's a way that they could treat that illness at the hospital, but I'm going to walk by faith. God doesn't want us to use doctors or hospitals. He wants us to, to just walk by faith. Um, Psalm, that's fanaticism. Um, those who live without common sense at all, uh, they, they don't combine, you know, the, the blessings that God's given us in medicine and doctors and, and, and so forth um, and surgery. Um, those who refuse that many times find themselves living, uh, a fanatical life that might see Jesus in the pancake, but 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 doesn't just see um, something much more uh, down to earth right here in front of your face that is so obvious or should be to the Christian or into everyone. Um, but now, so faith in antagonism to common sense, fanaticism, and common sense in antagonism to faith is rationalism. So today, you know, son, we see all sorts of people who basically adhere to the religion of scientism. Uh, they wouldn't maybe call it a religion, but scientism is this idea that everything that can be known um, can only be known by scientific discovery. Uh, there really is nothing supernatural beyond, you know, that. It, it's just, it really, there's nothing supernatural. It's just all rational. So, so that thought is when you, you, you take common sense and you elevate it so high in your life and in your worldview that you, you're not going to do anything by faith. You're not going to believe at all anything supernatural. So, so um, common sense and antagonism to faith is rationalism, and and, and, a, and a pure rationalist on um, will not be a Christian. It cannot be because they refuse to believe in unseen things. Uh, they, they they refuse to believe in something like the forgiveness of sins. How you you don't see that. You and I don't see when a person's sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus any more than we see what those demons were were saying to Pastor B J in India that the blood of Jesus is burning us. Now, you know, I realize, son, that there are many in our country even who who would say a person is fanatical if if they believe that the blood of Jesus burns demons. And, And what I would say in Christian love to them is, well, you're a rationalist. You're a pure rationalist. You, you, you If anything, you you become fanatical about your rationalism. You know, you're you're taking that to such an extreme point. Um, it, it's kind of like the, the person son who says um, there are no absolutes. Period. End of story. Uh, well, guess what? You just made it absolute. So you defeated your very premise the moment you spoke that that theory of yours. So um, the Lord gives us wisdom. The Lord guides us. Lord's guiding Dr. Hugh Ross, who, by the way, has written beautifully on his understanding of the age of the Earth. You and I have addressed that when I wrote years ago that uh, ebook, "Open Ended Creationism," uh, where I, I talked about how Scripture does not give us uh, an age of the Earth itself, um, and, and that's a whole other topic. I realized, but it, it does kind of um, it, it does kind of bring us back to where we kind of started. today, think about outer space, thinking about um, you know Orson Welles thinking about UFO sightings. Um, you know this world that we live in is a mystery, son, uh, in many ways. But the bigger mystery is the gospel, and and the gospel was so mysterious when it was introduced uh, to the apostles uh, by our Lord. That even in that day, many refused to believe the mystery of the gospel—that that a person's sins are forgiven by believing that that Jesus uh, left heaven to come here to die for our sins. So, so that's the real mystery. that the Christians are charged uh, to go out and spread, and and, and the mystery of UFOs um, that really pales in comparison. Uh, but it, it gives us an opportunity to do what you and I exactly what you and I are doing today, and that is we're jumping on this hot button issue as a way of saying, okay, let's think about that. But then let's also think about the real important questions uh, that have to do with time and eternity and God and forgiveness and rationalism and faith and Jesus. So, so again, it's, it's, a, it's an important discussion to have, especially as it, it picks up in America, just like witchcraft has picked up in America, more witches than Presbyterians, more UFO sightings than ever. Um, Hugh Ross says there's a great link between the occult and UFO sighting. And, you know, anybody's free to try to challenge his scientific research, but I, I, I tend to lean with what Dr. Ross is saying on that.
0: Yeah, and you don't have to be somebody that goes into the forest and, builds a cauldron on on fire and have this occult experience. It could just be whatever it is that you're doing in your own life that could lead to that because it's, you know, are you watching the movies, you know, the horror movies, you know, we've got, we've got the spooky season coming up and people are going to be into this Halloween. So we're going to be opening ourselves to that. Um, we can't dismiss, you know, one of the things like you just mentioned, being absolutes, people like to dismiss the supernatural. they like to dismiss the spiritual world because you know, like you mentioned, they can't, uh, it's not tangible. They can't identify it, see it, you know, so it doesn't exist. But yet on the flip yeah. side, we have to be careful, too, that we don't um, miss out on some of the things because there have been many stories where God has revealed himself to people in mysterious and in uh, what would be supernatural, spiritual ways. And they've been yeah. miracles of people coming out of of you know i mean you think we just went through 911 and you think of people that have uh that survived 911 with these you know um stories that they they have of survival and it's yeah. miraculous you know yeah. and people don't think yeah. a, a miracle is a supernatural event but it can be something like surviving 911 and you know maybe that's god's hand on them you know well, i'm sure it is you know not maybe yeah. but it's you know god's hand on them um right you know people might toss up to luck but we can't miss out on some of those things because if we do, we might be missing a more powerful message. So we do have to be somewhat in tune to what is going on in the spiritual realm because the Bible talks about the spiritual realm. But we can't get too involved into it because everything we need to know is written in the Bible. Everything God reveals everything to us through the Bible. So anything that we need to know about is in the Bible, and then maybe we like to ponder on some of these other things because God is greater. He's created everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everything we need to know, just go back to the Bible. And like we talked about to start, you know, does the Bible talk about aliens? Does the Bible talk about life outside yeah. of yeah. earth? Does the Bible talk about, you know, intelligent life someplace else? No, it doesn't. And if you don't believe that, okay, let's take it a step further. If God is the creator of all things, then he would have to create these beings out there, whatever these beings might be. Yeah. And so, okay, so you accept that. Well, then maybe these beings out there are angels. Maybe they're fallen angels. Maybe they're, you know, uh, aberrations from the occult. You know, maybe there is something to it. But, again, when it comes down to it, this topic kind of – is is kind of like a, a wheelhouse for the concept of looking at things through the biblical lens as opposed to the worldly lens because in the worldly lens, when you look at aliens and UFOs you know it can go all over the place, but when you bring it back right. to a biblical perspective it 's what does the Bible yeah. say yeah. and that could be the leading authority on it and then you know from there, maybe there 's other things involved that we don 't see, maybe we don 't understand maybe people like Hugh Ross can understand it and bring it into perspective for us. And we go from there. But at least it brings us into a lens where we can start to understand possibly yeah. what is yeah. being out there. And more importantly, when you talk about absolutes, what does the Bible say? And that is right. the authority on what we can stand on.
2: Well, and you know, Son, to go right to your point there about um, just really what does the Bible say, the, the, the interesting thing is that everyone listening to this, Son, is far more influenced by that spiritual realm and by spiritual beings than they may even realize. Just as Hugh Ross has discovered that 99 out of 100 people who recount to him their UFO encounters, um, he he believes that that can be explained by a star, or a cluster of stars. It is only that 1% that he believes have have really the residual UFO encounter that he would link to the occult, uh, a real fighting of something, you know, that's not just a star. Um, likewise, I would say this, son. Uh, maybe ninety nine percent, or maybe nine hundred ninety nine out of a thousand Christians um, will will not ever need to really need to worry about you know UFOs. But what they will need to be concerned about is how Satan's trying to the door he's trying to enter through through their life is like in Ephesians where it says, in your anger do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. So so I mean let, let's face it, son. Um, few people, relatively speaking, have UFO encounters. But the vast majority, almost everyone at some point in their life, holds a grudge. So 999 Christians out of 100 uh, are going to have to be aware that they give Satan uh, a foothold if they go to bed at night angry, if rather than praying for that person that they don't feel like praying for, uh, be it a spouse or a family member or a co-worker or somebody in your church or your neighborhood, whatever, um, that we all are prone to opening up that door for Satan to oppress us. And how do you know you went to bed at night angry? Because you wake up, your subconscious has been trying to resolve that all night long. You didn't sleep good. You're still just as mad at that person. Now that's why we may not call that a cultic activity, but that is demonic influence. And 999 Christians, that, that's going to be a much more real encounter than something with UFOs or with these colds that most people aren't probably going to dabble with. Um, likewise, I would say this, son that while, while Christians have that demonic uh, threat to be worried about, I and mean, really just any sin, when I say worried about, maybe a better word is to be aware of, to be cautious of. Not, you don't have to worry about it, but just um, don't, don't give the devil a foothold, the Bible says, by God's grace. Now, the unbeliever, son, far more than, than um, you know any any influence that some UFO obsession may have in their life. I would say 999 unbelievers have a much greater threat. Their demonic influence is demonstrated by the fact that they either reject Jesus as savior uh, and go right along with that. They're not trusting in him to forgive their sins. And so they're not spiritually reborn. Um, This is far worse than whatever they may or may not believe about UFOs and aliens. Uh, because you could believe in aliens and still trust Jesus as your savior and and be on your way to heaven but but where, where the devil 's trying to to keep unbelievers is in that place of unbelief that, that that place of works righteousness where if you are a religious person, you try to earn your way if you 're not a religious person, great, keep it that way you know Satan would say. So, so this is where the rubber meets the road. Um, this is where maybe what might begin as a discussion of UFOs and the supernatural realm really can get us to the point that the Bible gets us to, which is the most practical book in the history on the history of the planet. Uh, there's nothing more practical than, um, you know, some people have said the acronym, BIBLE uh, It stands for Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. OK, well, there's no more clear instruction than Jesus's first sermon. Repent and believe the good news. OK, um, so that's the key to being saved, to being born again, justified, redeemed and forgiven. This is where, you know, and I know you and I every week in, in our visits, this is where we're always coming back to this, because whatever the topic might be, even something as kind of, you know, as, as wild as UFOs and it is it's in the world, it's in the news. Even that, uh, we, we recognize it opens the door to hopefully point people to the real source of spiritual healing, health, salvation, peace, forgiveness of sins. And so by God's grace, God, you and I have been able to do that today once again. Uh, I just praise God for our opportunities that we have in, in your uh, amazing podcast to do that. And uh, I just hope and pray that, that uh, just as, as, as people are being reached by this, that more and more will be, we'll be reached by what you're doing in this ministry, because uh, it really is. It's changing lives for eternity. It's addressing hot-button issues, theological issues, um, all sorts of issues, and, and saying, how does the Bible um, lead us to look at something like this? How does the Bible point us to our Savior? So thank you, Son, for what you're doing, and thank you for this, this opportunity today. Uh, I'm such a relevant you know, hot button topic is aliens, UFOs, et cetera.
0: Dan Delzell with us, uh, Dan, we appreciate your time, your thoughts and, and joining us. And, uh, you know, it is definitely something interesting to, uh, kind of think about. And I know it's just kind of interesting how during the pandemic, the UFO thing tended to be the, the, one of the things that stood out as the next thing for people to watch and to, uh, yeah. be interested in. Um, Yes. Yeah. People can find you. You uh, are obviously at the Christian Post. So they can just go to Christian Post and type in your name and things pop up. And then also on uh, on Facebook, they can find you there as well?
2: Yes. Yeah, uh, they could find our our church here in Papillion, Nebraska, Redeemer. They just Google Redeemer uh, in Papillion, Papillion, Nebraska, uh, and that'll take them there to our, uh, our Facebook page. And I've got some uh, video messages on there and and uh, along with the, like you said, the Christian post articles that they could uh, Google that and, uh, and read about, you know, a whole host of things that deal with uh, theology, you know, current events, faith, etc.
0: You can find me on Instagram at Edom E I D E M R O C K S at Edom rocks. You can DM me there as well. Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate your time and insight into this. And uh, we look forward to our next conversation.
2: Well, I sure will as well, son. And so in the meantime, uh, God's blessings to you and to every listener. And uh, we'll just try this week to keep any of those spiritual doors closed to the enemy uh, by saying no to the things that are, uh, you know, of of the flesh, of sin, and yes to Jesus. And uh, God will help us, and he forgives us. And so I look forward to our next visit.
0: And for those of you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.
1: All right, Beatrice, there was no alien. Flash of light you saw in the sky was not a UFO. Swamp gas from a weather balloon was trapped in a thermal pocket and refracted the light from Venus. Well, wait, wait a minute. So you just flash that thing, it erases her memory, and you, you just make up a
2: new one? A standard issue neuralizer.